I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the VEASAN Daily Baseball Bets. Here is Adam Burke. Hello once again, everybody. Thank you for joining me here on this Tuesday, July 18th edition of VEASAN Daily Baseball Bets. I'm your host, Adam Burke. Happy to be with you. As we look at a full 15-game card here for Tuesday night, all of the games taking place at night, earliest first pitch, 640 Eastern time. So plenty of time to handicap, plenty of time to listen to this edition of VSIN Daily Baseball Bets. Please make sure you rate, review, subscribe, five-star reviews. Always appreciated here with the show. A couple housekeeping items before I get into today's baseball card. Over at vcin.com. Sign up now for the 2023 College Football Guide that will come out on August 3rd. I just submitted the three conferences that I wrote up for the guide, AAC, Conference USA, and Sunbelt. My home field advantage refresh, also part of this year's guide. We have a lot of great stuff from a lot of solid contributors. Wes Reynolds on the Big Ten, Zach Cohen doing the ACC and the SEC, Matt Humans on the Pac-12 and the Big 12, Tim Murray doing the Mountain West and also the Independence. We've got Dave Tooley doing the Mac. So a lot of good stuff in that college football betting guide. Introductory offer $19.99 over at vcin.com that will get you the NFL betting guide, which we released on June 29th, and also that upcoming college football guide or the vcin summer kickoff special. That'll take you through February 11th. That is the Super Bowl. Gives you all of our vcin pro content across every sport we cover through February 11th. And look, speaking of the NFL, are you switching to YouTube TV to get Sunday ticket? If you are, did you know that you could watch VEASAN on YouTube TV? It's part of the Sports Plus package, 24-7 streaming of our VEASAN content. So that is available on that YouTube TV Sports Plus package. So if you're getting YouTube TV for Sunday ticket, and probably not a bad time to do that, as I just saw on Twitter here this morning that uh, some teams already reporting to training camp. So getting close to that time, the Hall of Fame game, I believe is the same night that we release our college football guide. 
So the NFL season coming very, very quickly. And if you are getting YouTube TV for Sunday ticket, make sure you get that Sports Plus package and you can watch VSIN anytime you want. All right, so a big card here for Tuesday night. One thing I want to mention quickly here, uh, 555 format again today, five in the NL, five in the AL, five interleague. But yesterday, home run to fly ball percentage, 13.3%, down from what we saw over the weekend of 13.9%. So a 0.6% decrease, only 10 games yesterday. So that was part of it. Maybe some of the teams that hit for more power, not in action. The other thing is, of course, these games are at night. Now, it's still very, very hot pretty much across the country, but you don't get that daytime heat. So the ball going to carry a little bit less in the evening hours, despite the fact that if you look at hourly forecasts, a lot of times the humidity rises as you head into the night. So that's something that does kind of offset the temperature decreases in terms of how the ball travels. But in any event, Still home runs up here in the month of July, at least relative to the home run to fly ball percentage. And that's something that I do expect will continue here, at least for the next week or two before all the pitchers kind of get back into rhythm coming out of the all-star break. All right, so let's go to today's games. We start in Philadelphia, the Brewers and the Phillies, Julio Tehran and Aaron Nola in this one. Nola and the Phils, $2 favorite, a little bit more at some places, total of nine and a half for this one. Julio Tehran, 364 ERA, 390 expected, 462 FIP. However, in his final two starts of the first half, 13 runs allowed on 16 hits and 11 and two-thirds innings pitched. So his first six starts really good. Then I think he kind of became the Julio Tehran that most of us were expecting over his last two outings. So we'll see how he comes back off of that in his first start here in the second half. Nola, 439 ERA, not very good for him. 374 expected, 434 FIP. 119 innings pitched. We look at Aaron Nola here, 439 ERA, 374 expected ERA, 434 FIP. Not particularly good for him. Over 119 innings pitched. Peripherals could certainly be better. 67.6% left on base percentage, 15.8% home run to fly ball percentage. So the command hasn't been all that sharp. He's given up six homers in his last three starts, a homer in 14 of his last 15 outings. So for Nola, yeah, the command profile is not that great. I'd be kind of scared laying big numbers with him, but clearly don't want to back Tehran in this one. Giants and the Reds. Uh, I got to play in this game, so we'll wait on this one until later on in the show. Diamondbacks and Braves. Zach Davies, Bryce Elder here in this one. Diamondbacks getting a little bit of love in this game. This one's under a $2 favorite. It was $2 or higher earlier this morning. Total of 10 and a half here with Atlanta. Clearly the home favorite for Zach Davies here, 637 ERA does have some positive regression signs in the profile. 464 expected ERA, 440 FIP does have a walk rate north of 10%. And if you're giving up free base runners to this Braves team, they will make it hurt with the way that they make elite contact quality and obviously are capable of hitting the long ball. Interesting thing for Davies here. 38 of his 53 and two-thirds innings pitched have come at home, so not a whole lot of exposure on the road for him. He faced the Dodgers earlier this year before he went on the injured list, the Nationals, and the Giants. Gave up six runs and four innings to the Giants back on June 23rd, so tough situation here for Davies, but as I mentioned, the market kind of interested in him, and also there are some regression signs in the profile for Bryce Elder. Gave up seven runs and three and a third against Tampa Bay in his last start of the first half. 297 ERA, 404 expected, 413 FIP, 
81.5% left on base percentage, 54.8% ground ball rate. So he's a guy that, you know, has gotten lucky, has gotten lucky with his balls in play to have some of the results that he's had. At the same time, he's actively lowered his hard hit percentage over the last several weeks. So, you know, a guy that's, I think, you know, kind of sustainable with a lot of the metrics that he does have. I assume the Braves team total over five and a half is a pretty popular bet today. I'm not on anything in this game, but I think it is interesting to see some people uh, being brave and taking the Diamondbacks here, pardon the pun, against Atlanta. Marlins and the Cardinals. Edward Cabrera making his return for Miami. Jordan Montgomery getting the start for the Cardinals. And of course, the question for Jordan Montgomery in all of his starts, which one will be the last one? Because Montgomery, basically a lock to be traded by that August 1st deadline, unless he gets hurt. Jack Flaherty, same thing for him. Both of those guys will be on the move here. And Montgomery was hurt before the All-Star break, had a little bit of a hamstring issue that he was dealing with. But honestly, this guy's just been spectacular. 323 ERA, 353 FIP for the season. He's pitched well over his last four starts. He's only given up three earned runs on 15 hits and 24 and two-thirds. Just a great hard hit percentage, solid swinging strike rate, good strikeout to walk numbers. Tough assignment here today against a Miami team that is a top five offense against lefties. And in fact, since June 15th, the Marlins are the best offense in baseball against lefties. So a good assignment here for Montgomery. I'm sure scouts and analysts and evaluators will be in attendance for this one or at the very least watching it very, very closely. As far as Edward Cabrera goes, his first MLB start since June 13th, had some shoulder discomfort, made one sim game start at the Marlins spring training complex. That is the only rehab that he's done in terms of game conditions. 470 ERA, 449 FIP, 67 innings pitched, high walk rate, high strikeout rate, high ground ball rate. So a very difficult pitcher to handicap because he's good at run suppression but he also walks a lot of guys and will give up hits because he's a ground ball guy. So really, really tough dude to try and handicap here. The Cardinals are a dollar 40 or so favorite. And I do agree with the juice on the over here, minus minus one fifteen total of eight. I do think this is a tough assignment for Montgomery. As I mentioned, the Marlins best offense in baseball since June 15th against lefties and Cabrera could be very erratic in his return. So not exactly sure what we're going to get from him in this one. Do kind of lean with that over, although not an official play for me here today. Let's transition over to the American League as I've got to play in the Nationals and Cubs game. That'll be the Rays and the Rangers. This one, Nate Yavaldi going for Texas, Taj Bradley going for Tampa. Yavaldi's been a frustrating guy for me here lately. He's allowed four runs in three of his last six starts. I haven't been fading him in any of them. The one game I did fade him. He winds up with an outlier performance in the velocity department, throws seven shutout innings against Houston. But Uvalde, when you look at his velocity here over his last four starts, 94.1, the 96.1 game against Houston, 94.4, 93.8. I cannot stress how big of a difference a couple of miles per hour makes for a pitcher. It is a huge deal in terms of your margin for error, especially because you're throwing to a certain spot with velocity that you're used to. If you don't have that, all of a sudden that pitch becomes a little bit more hittable, does something you don't want it to do, something like that. And the thing for Uvalde is he threw 117 and two-thirds innings in the first half. That was the eighth most of any pitcher. He's surpassed his 2022 total already, 
And a guy that was hurt in 2016, missed all of 2017, was hurt in 2018, 19, and last year. So this is a guy that is not going to be this 175, 180-inning workhorse in all likelihood, but he's already reached almost 120 innings here in the first half. So I think it's a dicey proposition with Uvalde long-term. Let's see what the velo looks like coming out of the All-Star break, where it could be pretty good. But again, I think there are some red flags and some potential injury indicators in the profile there for him. As far as Bradley goes, 543 ERA, 404 expected, 398 FIP. High strikeout rate, almost 30%, but he's given up 11 homers and 13 starts. 46.2% hard hit percentage. Look, he's a young guy with a ton of talent. And young guys with a ton of talent can rack up strikeouts, but they don't always have the best command. That's the situation here for Bradley with a 348 batting average on balls in play and a 65.2% left on base percentage. So a guy that you know is not pitching out of jams, again, something that can happen to young pitchers, not really fully leveraging his strikeout rate to the max, but also very inconsistent from pitch to pitch. And with that said, last 12 and a third innings going into the break, 16 runs allowed on 22 hits. So maybe the over to play today, but of course, we'll see what Uvalde looks like coming back from the layoff. Tigers and the Royals here as we got the Tigers massive road favorite in this one. They're up to as high as $1.70 out there in the marketplace. Total of eight and a half with under juice or eight with over juice. This is the biggest road favorite role for the Tigers since August 25th of 2017. Some guy named Justin Verlander was on the mound in that one against the White Sox, but it'll be Tarek Skubal today taking on Daniel Lynch and real kicking the gonads for the Royals yesterday. Jordan Lyles throws six shutout innings in the bullpen, leaves a steaming pile on the mound, and they lose that game uh, to the Tigers. And, you know, Look, I mean, that, that's what bad teams do. Bad teams find ways to lose, and, and poor Jordan Lyles actually you know, threw the ball well. And honestly, that's something I've talked about a lot here on the show, that Lyles is, I mean, he's been terrible, but you know, some of his peripherals would suggest he's not as bad as he's been. And of course, he goes out and throws a good start yesterday, and the Royals still find a way to lose. But for the Tigers, it was another day of some heavy lifting for their bullpen with three and a third innings in high leverage, and probably some heavy lifting today. While Tarek Skubal's pitched very well, he's only given up two hits in eight scoreless innings with 11 strikeouts. He's gone four innings in each of his two starts, 58 and 63 pitches. Now, he is on additional rest here. We'll see how far they try to push him. I would guess 70 to 75 pitches for Skubal. They're going to be very, very careful with him, as they should be. So this will be a game where if you're betting the full game, just keep in mind, the Tigers bullpen may pitch the majority of this one, depending on how far Scooble is able to go. Daniel Lynch getting the ball here for the Royals. Lynch has actually pitched pretty well. 418 ERA, 485 FIP. Gave up seven runs in one of his starts. Gave up four home runs in that start against the Reds. Outside of that start, 15 earned runs in his other seven in, in his other seven outings, excuse me. And he's only given up three homers. 31.2% hard hit percentage on the season for Lynch. I backed him and the Royals for a first five against Cleveland right before the break. They lost that first five, three, nothing, but Lynch only allowed a 19% hard hit percentage to Cleveland in that start three or fewer runs in seven of his eight outings. Tigers are not good against lefties, 294 Woba, 88 WRC plus uh, over the, I think for the season or maybe since June 15th, either way, they haven't been good against lefties 
throughout the course of the season here. Thought about the under, but again, it's very tough to take an under with these pitchers on long layoffs and also the weather conditions that we're dealing with. So no play in that one for me, but uh, we'll be watching Lynch and, of course, Scooble very, very closely there in that game. Let's talk about one more and then take a short break. Let's talk about the Yankees and the Angels here. Uh, interesting game last night. Shohei Otani, the homer, the bat flip. What a special player. Just unbelievable that we get to watch him on a daily basis. Perhaps more unbelievable, Griffin Canning had 12 strikeouts in five and two-thirds against the Yankees last night. Or maybe more unbelievable, Luis Severino actually pitched well for six innings, although he did only strike out three guys while allowing one run. One thing interesting to keep an eye on here today, Shohei Otani struck out against Nick Ramirez in the ninth inning. He looked bad on his last two swings. Kind of grabbed at his back after the third one. Maybe there's a chance he doesn't play today. So if you're interested in the Angels, I would 100% wait and make sure that when their lineup comes out, Shohei Otani is in it because it wasn't a pretty looking swing when he swung and missed at strike three there off of Ramirez. So we'll see. Hopefully he's okay, but he did kind of grab at that lower back a little bit. Anyway, Domingo Herman, Patrick Sandoval in this one. money line pick him across the board. Uh, this one's you know, minus 106, minus 110, minus 104, kind of all over the place. Total of nine in this one. Weird season for Domingo Herman, eh? Throws a perfect game, has a foreign substance suspension. He's given up 10 runs and a start. Weird season for him. More often than not, he's been pretty good. He's allowed four or more earned runs six times, two or fewer runs 11 times. In the six starts with four or more homers, or four or more runs, excuse me, he's allowed 13 of his 16 home runs. So basically, it's very simple for Domingo Herman. When he's not giving up home runs, he's good. When he's giving up home runs, he's bad. And while that's true of just about every pitcher out there, it's magnified for Herman because he's not a guy that walks a lot of people, and he doesn't really give up a whole lot of hits either. So if he's got you know average or better command for him, he winds up pitching pretty well. So we'll see how he pitches in this one. I still love Patrick Sandoval, still a guy that I want to back. 441 ERA, 445 expected, 396 FIP. 33.8% hard hit percentage, barrel percentage under 7%, good swinging strike rate, but only an 18.2% strikeout percentage on the season. I don't know if this dude's available in the trade market. I kind of hope that he is because I hope he goes to a team like Baltimore or Arizona, somebody like that, that can kind of fix him a little bit and kind of optimize what I think is a really good arsenal. Uh, but the Angels just haven't been able to do that. They're really not a good team when it comes to developing anybody but especially when it comes to developing pitching. So no play on this game here for me today. But again, I keep looking for spots to back Patrick Sandoval. Let's come back after a short break here on VSIN Daily Baseball Bets. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. 
basically everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we're back here on VEASAN Daily Baseball Bets. Please make sure you rate, review, subscribe, five-star reviews. Very, very much appreciated here for the show. Not much to say about Boston and Oakland, although credit to uh, Nick Pavetta for a hell of an outing yesterday. Six no-hit innings in relief, struck out 13 uh, against Oakland. And, you know, for Oakland, coming back off the break, I've kind of talked about teams where, you know, you're sort of interested to see if they're engaged, if they're excited coming out of the break, especially the bad teams. Oakland looks like they'd rather still be on the all-star break. I mean, they just, you know, they do lose three close games to the twins, but then yesterday's game against Boston, they look like they'd rather be anywhere else. Uh, Chris Murphy will be the bulk guy for Boston today. 216 ERA, 448 expected, 346 FIP. Luis Medina gets the call for the A's here. I will say, while the numbers are really subpar for Medina as a whole, 634 ERA, 499 expected, 540 FIP. Over his last 30 innings, 450 ERA, 348 FIP. So he's been better. Uh, not saying I'm going to do anything with today's game in light of that, but he's been better. So we'll see if he's able to kind of keep that up a little bit here in this one. Got to play in the Twins and Mariners, so let's move on to the interleague slate here. And we start with the Guardians and the Pirates. Logan Allen, Mitch Keller in this one. Keller and the Pirates, slight favorite across the board uh, DraftKings with the biggest favorite number at minus 115, total of eight and a half for this one. Pretty good pitching matchup in this game. As I mentioned yesterday in the article and as I mentioned on the podcast, even when there are days where I kind of like the value of a bad team against Cleveland, the one thing that Cleveland has consistently done throughout the Terry Francona era is beat bad teams. They will struggle badly against comparable or good competition. 
But when they play the dregs of the league, I mean, they've won the AL Central largely because of what they've done against teams like Kansas City and Detroit and Chicago over the last several years. This is just what they do. They're just good at beating up on bad teams. And Pittsburgh is a bad team. Now, Mitch Keller is not a bad starter. So the Pirates do have probably a better shot tonight than they did last night with Quinn Priester in his MLB debut. But Keller, 331 ERA, 338 expected, 335 FIP. One of the few pitchers in baseball where his left on base percentage is fine, his BABIP is fine, there's no cluster luck. What you see is what you get. Everything in his profile looks pretty sustainable at this point in time. And also at PNC Park, he's been spectacular. 51 and a third innings pitched, 249 Woba against, 263 ERA when pitching there in Pittsburgh. So he is at home tonight. Would expect Cleveland to probably struggle offensively as they tend to do more often than not. But Logan Allen is a wild card here. So Logan Allen sent down to AAA with a 347 ERA and a 372 FIP. Does have a 448 X FIP, has allowed some hard contact, but they sent him down for two reasons. One was to try and make him more efficient because he was having a hard time with a lot of deep counts. You know, he was throwing 100 pitches a game because he had a lot of deep counts. The second thing for Allen is that they're trying to monitor his innings and monitor his workload a little bit. So he goes down to the minors, makes two appearances, two starts, both of them just three innings. Gave up five runs on six hits in the second one after not allowing a run in the first. So I have no idea how far he'll be pushed in this game. Cleveland's bullpen, of course, has struggled a bit coming out of the break, although yesterday was a bullpen game and they pitched a shutout. So with that in mind, they did use a lot of dudes yesterday. That is a bit of a concern here, where they wound up using six pitchers. Xavion Curry getting the start. He went three efficient innings, which really, really helped them. Emmanuel Classe shaking off some rust, his first appearance in the second half. But this bullpen for Cleveland is, is shaky at best. You know, Trevor Steffen is not the same guy. Classe, despite leading the league in saves throughout most of the season, he's been iffy as well. So, it's really tough to, to be interested in backing Cleveland today. As I said, I do lean towards Pittsburgh, but again, I mean, this is these are the types of teams that Cleveland beats, and I've been a Guardians fan for a long time, so I'm very much well aware of how they kind of play what their MO is. And even though Keller's a great pitcher on a bad team, Guardians tend to find ways to win these types of games, so we'll see if they do that again today. Really compelling handicap here between the Dodgers and the Orioles. Michael Grove and Tyler Wells in this one. Wells in the O's, $1.25 favorite. Total of nine and a half here, of course. The Orioles bullpen blowing it yesterday. Brian Baker gives up the grand slam. Grayson Rodriguez did run into trouble the third time through the order. Looked much better through the first four innings, then kind of reverted back to being the same guy in the fifth. Here in this one, so... Grove, 689 ERA, 509 expected, 503 FIP. Not great. 350 BABIP, nine homers allowed. His hard hit percentage isn't that bad. His barrel percentage isn't that bad either. But just, you know, not enough strikeouts, not really good at kind of working his way out of jams, stuff like that. What's interesting here is that Grove has only made three starts away from, Do or three appearances at least, away from Dodger Stadium. 15 and a third innings, 19 runs allowed, 11-15 ERA, 4.54 Woba against. Now, he gave up nine runs in three and a third to the Diamondbacks on April 9th. Still giving up 10 runs in his other three appearances over 12 innings. Warm night in Baltimore, ball could carry. Certainly not a whole lot of reasons to like Grove. 
But here's why this is a difficult handicap. Tyler Wells has allowed 21 home runs on the season in 104 and two-thirds innings pitched. Now, his strikeout rate is awesome, 25.4%. Great walk rate as well, 5.9%. But he's an extreme fly ball guy. He's given up 32 barrels overall and an 11.5% barrel rate on the season. But 15 of the 21 homers are solo shots, and you can deal with those, especially if the Orioles offense does what it's supposed to do against Grove. Also, Yanir Cano, Felix Bautista, both available in this game, which always helps when you're looking to bet on Baltimore. So I guess this is a tough handicap because the Dodgers are extremely powerful. They hit a lot of home runs. They're very, very good at doing it. But if they're scoring one run at a time, what are the Orioles doing against Grove in the meantime? So to me, in looking at this one, maybe home run props are the way to go. And in kind of scanning this market, sort of taking a cursory glance at it here today, it doesn't seem like many of these numbers have been adjusted, even though we're seeing that uptick in home run to fly ball percentage over the last four days. So that may be something you want to take a look at in a game such as this. Maybe a J.D. Martinez at plus 390, Mookie Betts plus 310. Wells has allowed 15 of his 21 homers to righties, although 10 of those 15 have been on the road. So there is that. But this is the kind of game where I think instead of playing a side or a total, you maybe pick a couple of guys, two or three guys that you like to possibly hit a home run, because I do think there will be home runs in this game. I would be shocked if Wells doesn't give any up, and I'd be pretty surprised if Grove doesn't either. So that'd be the way that I would look to play that one between the Dodgers and the Orioles. Padres and Blue Jays here, fascinating handicap once again, because it's Alec Manoa for the Blue Jays and Joe Musgrove for the Padres. Padres, dollar thirty or so favorite out there, total of nine or nine and a half in this one. Musgrove has been phenomenal of late. I cannot stress enough how good this guy has been. And Blake Snell is getting all the attention, and he's been fantastic too. But how about this for Musgrove? In his last nine starts, 179 ERA, 256 FIP, 7-0 and in those nine starts, 54-8 to strikeout to walk ratio, two homers allowed and 215 batters faced, a 24.5% hard hit percentage, a 2% barrel rate. He's allowed three barrels in his last nine starts. So Musgrove is locating as well as anybody in baseball right now. We'll see if the long layoff hurts him, but he's been dynamic in his last nine starts. For Manoa, I mean, look, you know, there were some really good things in that return. Yes, he faced the Tigers and kind of is what it is. Struck out eight over six spectacular innings. Pitch usage was pretty similar. Velocity was pretty similar, but second highest zone percentage of the season and his best chase rate of the year at 35.9%. Last year, Manoa was really good at inducing swings and misses outside the zone. This year, he hasn't had that. So it looks like the Blue Jays worked on his mechanics, his pitch shape, his pitch usage, all those types of things down at the complex league when they were kind of reinventing him. So will it stick? I don't know. One other thing to keep in mind about this game, bullpen concerns both ways. Blue Jays haven't had Jordan Romano. He had an MRI in his lower back, came back negative, but he hasn't pitched in the second half. Nick Martinez had worked three straight for the Padres. Josh Hader blew a save on Sunday. Tim Hill losses in back-to-back games. So both of these bullpens, eh, not exactly trustworthy. So I think if you're looking to play one of these sides here, I think the first five would probably be a better look than trying to gamble on the full game. 
White Sox and Mets, Lucas Giolito and Carlos Carrasco in this one. Giolito, another one of the hot names available here on the trade market. Uh, could this be his last start for the White Sox? We'll see. Teams usually try to wait until close to the deadline, try to leverage those teams that get a little bit desperate to you know, add that prospect that they said they wouldn't move, stuff like that. But Giolito's been pretty good. 345 ERA, 418 expected, 421 FIP, 112 and a third innings pitched. Fly ball guy could be a concern in the summertime, especially with the way the ball seems to be carrying a little bit, but he's minimized the long ball pretty well. Three or fewer runs allowed in 14 of his 19 starts. The issue is you really never know if the White Sox are going to give you any offense whatsoever. They do face Carlos Carrasco here today. 516 ERA, 596 FIP. Been a little bit better of late, but Carrasco's a very tough guy to trust for a variety of different reasons. He's been hurt a ton. The aging curve seems to be getting to him, understandably so. Uh, just not a trustworthy guy. So we'll see if anybody's interested in backing the White Sox in this one with the Mets. Pretty much a minus 115 favorite across the board. DraftKings does have the high water mark at minus 125. As I mentioned, they usually do in games with close lines because they have 20 cent lines as opposed to a lot of the 10 cent lines across the market. Last game, I don't have a play on nothing really to say about this one. It's the Rockies and the Astros. It'll be Hunter Brown for Houston. No starter named yet for Colorado. Noah Davis could be the guy, but I don't know if he will bulk or if he'll start or if he'll even be used as the Rockies have a 10 man bullpen. Uh, Most books not showing a line on this one. Some that are have the Astros minus 230 in a total of 11 and a half. All right, so the three plays I've got for today, a couple of totals and a side. Giants and Reds, Anthony DiSclefani and Luke Weaver in this one. Giants are a road favorite in this game, minus 130, minus 135, total of 11 for this one. I like the first five over six. So first of all, let's talk about this. There's the completion of a suspended game coming before this one starts. So I don't know who's going to get used out of the bullpen in that situation because the Giants have runners on second and third with one out. I would expect the Reds go with Alexis Diaz right away in hopes of giving themselves the best shot at winning this game. If that's the case, I doubt Diaz pitches in the second game. So that could possibly shift me to the full game over instead of the first five over. But with that being said, I'm just trying to prey on these two starters. Luke Weaver is terrible. 7 ERA, 562 expected, 574 FIP. He's allowed four or more runs in 10 of his 15 starts and all but one of his six starts at home. 17 home runs allowed, 336 batting average on balls in play. And if you look at his performances at Great American Ballpark, 798 ERA, 391 Woba, nine homers allowed in 29 and a third innings pitched. Uh, the lefties should do well against him in this Giants lineup. Then you've got Anthony DiSclefani, 444 ERA, 492 expected, 412 FIP, giving up a good bit of hard contact on the season, 44.5%. He's coming off the injured list with a shoulder issue, made one rehab appearance at the Complex League, uh, went four innings. Those are 18- and 19-year-old kids, not super concerned about anything that happened there. But this is simply to say DiSclefani had a shoulder issue. Now he's coming off the IL, hasn't pitched in a while pitching in a very bad road environment. Give me the first five over six at minus 110 in that one. Next up here, so this pisses me off because I had the Nationals and the Cubs over as part of the article. and would have been a play on the podcast. Got scared off by the move up to nine with a little bit of overjuice. Game flies over the total anyway. I add the Rays. 
they lose. So I took a winner off the card and added a loser to it. But I think we get runs today in Chicago once again. It's Patrick Corbin on the bump for the Nationals. Jamison Tyon going for the Cubs here today. Corbin had that little stretch where he was pretty good. But over his last nine starts, 533 ERA, 542 FIP. And that includes seven good innings against the Rangers on July 9th. Uh, I just don't expect this guy to be sharp. The Cubs playing their third game in four days against the lefties. So the platoon guys kind of you know getting more consistent reps at this point in time. I do like that for them. And for Jamison Tyon, 615 ERA, 537 expected, 493 FIP. Kudos to him for a good start against the Yankees, eight shutout innings, but he allowed a 52.2% hard hit percentage in that start. So actually allowed a 55% hard hit percentage, excuse me. So yeah, he pitched well, but he gave up a lot of hard contact and the BABIP gods just shining favorably on him in this one. Uh, Heimer Candelario did play yesterday for the Nationals. I was concerned about that for the total. Of course, he homered. Why wouldn't he? But I think over nine is the play here today. Over nine, minus 120 at DraftKings. You can find minus 115 out there in the market as well. But I do like runs to be scored at Wrigley Field. Finally here, the Twins and the Mariners. Bailey Ober and Brian Wu in this one. Great pitching matchup up at T-Mobile Park. You know my thoughts on Bailey Ober when he faces a team that hasn't seen him. 261 ERA, 361 expected, 339 FIP, 82 and two-thirds. Great hard hit percentage, excellent strikeout-to-walk ratio. He's 6'9". The Mariners haven't seen him. So, I mean, they saw him, you know, previous years, but they haven't seen him this year. I would expect Ober to be really good here. Also, he's a fly ball guy at T-Mobile Park. This is not a bad place to be one of those. The concern here is I don't know how good Minnesota will be against Wu. Wu gave up six runs in his first starts, and he's been fantastic ever since. That said, I do wonder about young pitchers coming back from the break where maybe they can be a little bit sluggish, maybe get a bit of a dead arm period. You know, they're probably instructed not to do anything or do very, very little, whereas I think the veteran guys are kind of, you know, better equipped for handling their bodies some. The other thing is that yesterday I talked about how the Twins, you know, had a really concerning bullpen setup. Yoan Duran had pitched three straight days. Some of their other primary relievers had pitched two of the last three. Well, what happened yesterday is that we had a close game and, you know, the uh, the Twins really weren't able to go to some of their better guys in the middle innings and, you know, kind of gave up some insurance runs there. But for the Mariners, a lot of their top relievers have now pitched back-to-back days. So the shoe is on the other foot in this one. So I like Ober. I think he'll be good today. I think that maybe he's got a little bit more upside than Wu coming off of the break. But really, I like the Twins' bullpen better. And in a game that has a low-scoring expectation and probably not a whole lot of variance in the outcomes, I like the Twins here today. It's plus 110 at DraftKings. You can find a few cents better at other places in the market. But I like Minnesota plus 110 over the Mariners. So Twins is a dog over the Mariners, over nine at Wrigley Field between the Nats and the Cubs, and then first five over Giants and the Reds. Long show. Apologize for that. Lots of interesting stuff on the card today, though, so I had a lot of ground to cover. Will be a shorter show on Wednesday, I'm sure, uh, but we're just you know, getting to the middle of the week here on VSIN Daily Baseball Bets. So thank you so much for listening. Head to vsin.com, sign up for a subscription, get those guides, make yourself a better better here for the upcoming football seasons. And I'll be back again tomorrow with another edition of VSIN Daily Baseball Bets. 
The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.